Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. It's not six pence. It's not seven pence. It's not even eight pence. And don't get me started on nine pence. No, it's the ten pence arcade podcast. The best podcast featuring a rounded decimal number in the title in an all of Merry Englandshire. Yes. Hi, Vic. Hello. It's the 29th of May. It's early. It's really it early. We're bleary-eyed. Mm, you're right. Bleary-eyed and not bushy-tailed. I'm tired, mate. I was up till about one o'clock last night trying to find the next game to play. Oh. I went through lots of maze games. Mm? I went through ah. lots of maze games, but nothing's suitable, I don't think. Well, maybe. Good. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> it later. Yeah. How have you been, anyway? I've been very well. Guess what I've been up to? Don't tell me. Arcade Club? Yes, I've been to Arcade Club twice. I've not actually done a lot for me, really. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, I went. I got there last night about half past six. Yeah. And Mr. John Studley was there. Nice. And he'd been on track and field since dinner time. Oh, had he? Had he broken all the buttons? So he'd, he he was up to about four and a half million. Wow. Four and a half million points. And he stopped after about seven hours. Oh, my Lord. With over five million points, just let his lives run down. Christ. And that's beaten his old record. So he reckons he could play it forever. Probably could. We used to play it at lunchtimes in in the youth club thingy at school at lunchtime. And we used to play it all lunchtime for an hour without stop, without you know mm. even losing a life or whatever. Do you know what the uh, world record is offhand? I asked John. He says that he doesn't think there is one because it's really it's just an endurance test. You just play it forever. The people that are that good. Wow. It gets to a certain level and doesn't get any harder. Yeah. And even the levels start messing up. You know, after you get past the, the level 26 or whatever, it starts going level A, level character, level oh, star. Right. You know, it starts messing up like so that. So that's another game John's broken. It's a nice cab. Have you seen that cab? It's a, an American one, a very rare uh, Century cab, I think it is. I don't think I've seen that one. I have to, mm. Well, I've got, I've, got, I've got to come to Arcade Club again soon, haven't I? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. Set off now. I was just getting one of those tubes there from Futurama. Be there in two seconds. <laughs> Hello. Oh, guess what else? Ooh, ooh, ooh. What, 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 what? Mr. Paul Paz Green always showed me a trick on Phoenix, which I have recorded on my little GoPro thing. Yeah. But it doesn't work all the time. Okay. But it does when he does it. Right. I know you the 200,000 point trick. Yeah, there's another, there's a 100,000 point trick where if you loop the whole game, you kill the mothership, get back to the first wave again. You shoot the middle, the middle bad guy, and yeah. then miss miss one to the left, and shoot the one after that. Stop in the bottom left hand corner and just let yourself die. Right. You get a hundred thousand bonus. Yeah. And an extra life. Ooh. And I've I've recorded this, so I thought I wonder what ROM set this is on. So it's it's that, I don't know if it's a bootleg or what, but it's CGI or GGI. GGI. I think that's the one that was in my old Phoenix cab. 
GGI. It, it is your old Phoenix car. Oh, right, right, okay. It's that little cabaret. Yeah, because the, 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 the bootlegs look exactly the same as the originals. They've just got a different thing on there. I suppose if you put a different ROM set in, you never know. So I don't, mm. th- I don't think the boards are marked, as far as I remember. Right, and then we tried it on another one in the arcade, another Phoenix, which was a German one. Right. Something Apparante something was the, was the name at the bottom. Oh, exotic. That, oh, yes. And that one didn't work. Oh, okay. But you said it only worked sometimes. It worked all the time when Paz were doing it. I couldn't get it to work in He's May. He's got magic fingers. Mm. Pa- oh, Paz magic fingers, we call him. But I recorded it. I'll put it on put it on YouTube actually and see what people think. Excellent. I because I've done the two hundred thousand point trick by accident <laughs> loads of times. I yeah. think it's on the second level. You go to the left and you shoot. I think if you shoot three birds at once or something, I can't remember now. Mm. You get the bonus. And my sixty and one. Remember the sixty and one saves the top high score on it. I actually yeah. did it on there, so it works on that as well. Right. And I've got, I think I've got 229,000 on there. So I've got 29,000 points as well, which is a reasonable score for Phoenix for me. Mm. I, or I've been playing Pleiades again. I know you don't like that one, which is the kind of pseudo-sequel to Phoenix. Poor man's Phoenix. I, I just seem to really like it. I'm nearly up to 14,000, which is getting to the fourth loop through. Mm. But it's got a similar type kind of scoring secrets, I think, to Phoenix. The mothership at the end, which is about a quarter of the size of the Phoenix guy. Yeah. You shoot different parts and there's little sort of caves open up in in him and like baddies come out. And if you shoot those without destroying him, you can get up to 9,000 points like you can on Phoenix. I've I've never quite worked out the Phoenix bad guy at the end. Because I I thought if you destroyed a lot of his ship and let him get to the bottom before you killed him, you got big points. But I did that the other day and got like 1,400. That was a waste of time. But I have got big scores before, so I'm not sure how to do it. I think you've got to wait till it gets to the bottom, shoot all of the conveyor belt oh, thing, right. and then shoot him. But it doesn't work for me all the time. There must be something we're not doing. Yeah, ask Paz, he'll know. Yeah, yeah he's brilliant. It's Mr. Phoenix. Juno first, I'm getting quite into that. Yeah, it's a good game. So oh. I've got 135,000, which is, which is poor compared to a good player, but it's my PB at the minute. Mm. I really like that. We're going to have to cover that. I'm sure we will before long. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do them all. Yeah. We're doing this till we're only in seven. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Vic? Well, I haven't been playing any of the Fallout games lately. And uh, I'm really looking forward to not playing the new Last of Us blockbuster. How about you? Ah, uh, good call, yeah. Mm. Mm. Also, I've noticed on, I think it's on Twitter and some of the social media sites, a bunch of computers being, inverted brackets, reimagined lately. And you mm. can tell by the way I said reimagined. How how excited I'm about that that prospect of getting an, an old computer in a new case for a hundred pounds. Lovely. Have you seen some of these? Yeah, yeah. I'm not into them. You can get this thing. I've looked. At, I actually watched their video. The recreated ZX Spectrum, ninety nine pounds. It's just. A, it looks like a, a rubber keyed Spectrum. It's a, mm. It looks exactly like one. It really does. They had the geezer from who made Chucky Egg. And they mm-hmm. put a, a ZX Spectrum original in front of him in this thing, and he couldn't tell the difference. And that guy obviously knows Spectrums. Mm. But it's just a wireless keyboard that runs an app. When you put it on a screen, you can use like different kind of Bluetooth screens and stuff for it. Mm-hmm. It's just emulation. There's no, there's no processor in there or any guts inside it. It's just emulation for a keyboard. Is that, which is that one? Is that the that ZX Spectrum? That is the Spectrum? recreated ZX Spectrum. All oh, right, not the ZX 
Spectrum Next that you put in well, the Well, I've got that in my notes as well. The Next is the latest one on the block. It, it looks really smart. It's got it's like a skinny Spectrum Plus with a rounded edge. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have seen that. There's also the ZX Spectrum Vega, which is a ridiculous joypad-shaped thing, which looks a mm. little bit like a ZX, an original ZX Spectrum with a nasty rubber D-pad and a few keys. Who bought that? <laughs> I don't so know. On, on a Spectrum, the joy with Spectrums back in the day was you could redefine your keys, you know, QAOP, AZPL, whatever it was, or you used a joystick. And this thing, you've got to use this funny little joypad, which probably wouldn't work on a Spectrum game, I don't think, and it's got about four keys. But if mm. you were playing like... Um, I don't know, certain adventure games. You had different keys to do different... Like H would be help and E it would be east and R would be right or whatever. And it wouldn't have that. You'd have to sort of redefine it. And I think all these things came with inbuilt games as well. And I'm not sure if you yeah. could put more into them. Some of them was text adventures. So you had to, like, type in... Yeah, exactly. Like, you wouldn't be able to do it. Get lamp and... <laughs> just imagine trying to do that with that little keypad thing. Yeah. Put on pants and socks. Yeah. I used to like Sex Adventures years ago. The level 9 ones were really good. Mm. On the Atari 8-bits. I think you had them on the Commodore 64s and Spectrums as well. Yeah, see, I got to level 10. Oh, well done, you. <laughs> well, you would, you spawny get. <laughs> I wasn't very good at adventures because there's nothing to shoot right in face. The other one I quite like the look of is the ZX Spectrum Vega Plus, which is a handheld thingy, which looks mm. more like a JXD, and it's emulation again, so... In my mind, if you wanted to go that route, say you were going, you're doing long commutes or whatever, you had some long trips ahead, just get a JXD. You can play all sorts of emulators on that thing. I think there's a yeah. new one now. I'm not sure the, the the acronym is, but there's a new JXD, and I think everyone swears by that. Oh yes, it's a is it a double screen job? Is that the thing? I don't know, mate, but they sound pretty good. And you can play all sorts of stuff like really authentically on them, and they're not trying to be what they're not. Because mm. I've also noticed there's a, a Commodore 64 coming out in the bread bin spec. And this thing, they haven't said what it's going to be yet. We're hoping it's going to be FPGA, so it's really authentic. Yeah. But my rant, sort of sorts, is summed up with the fact you can still buy retro home computers on eBay or car boot sales or, if you're lucky, in a charity shop for usually less than half the price of these repros. I mean, I bought a, a, a C64 at a car boot sale for £5. Full kit. Mm, you know, yeah. uh, keyboards, well, the main computer rather, wires, which has got the power supply, which is the most important thing, and the tape deck, and a couple of tapes for five pounds. Mm. And I was, I think I got another one for like three quid or something as well in the next week, or whatever. See, so they are around if you know where to look. And if you want to just yeah. go and get one easily, they're 20 to 40 pounds on eBay. So I'd rather have the original. And these nowadays, you can get all these SD drive solutions. You can load programs, not apps, by the way, mm. Spectrum, whatever your name is, instantly. But they're, they're exact code running on real hardware. So that is the most authentic way you can play it. And you can mod the, the, the outputs on them, on the Spectrum, for instance, without even soldering. You can do a little mod to it. I think you cut two wires and join some bits together with twine and twigs, whatever you want to use, or solder. And um, you can have it working on a, a composite TV. And also, yeah. the C64 has got a cable you can buy for about a five, which goes straight into a composite monitor. So, yeah, mm. you can just buy them. I mean, what's, what's the point mm. of having these expensive emulation when you want the real thing? Just buy one. But what if you are a lazy millionaire who can't be bothered with all the SD card stuff? Well, and you, you want to use tapes and discs. And then you want a bit of a retro fix, just plug it into an HDV, HD TV. Yeah, I can see people buying them, you know, I wouldn't. But no, if you I just wouldn't. want 
It's like the plug and play things, just banging in the TV. I had one with like a few Sega games on. Yeah. Like Sonic and Robotnik and that. And it was quite good, really. I used to yeah. go away in a hotel with me family. I used to put that on and we used to play a bit of that. And... Yeah, but the good thing about those things, they're about 20 quid, weren't they? They weren't a lot of money. Mm. These things yeah. were looking at £100 and more. Oh, uh, yeah, good point. And, you know, I think I think it's just go authentic. There's still loads of them left. I mean, they made millions of Spectrums and Commodore 64s back in the day. Mm. They don't really need recreating. You can still get the dang things. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. The, the only thing that's difficult about the Commodore 64 is the SID chip, because the SID chips mm. haven't been remade. But even the Spectrum has got um, new Euler chips now. So, you know, if you have a problem, you can buy a reproduction for quite a good price. Right. So, you know, it, it depends if you want to use any effort or not. But if, you know, if you want to put a bit of effort in, you get a lot more out of it, I reckon. Oh, yeah, you do, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just, just for the lazy millionaires. Did I tell you about what happened on Friday? Yes, you did. Not arcade-related. Oh, no, uh, you did. This is, this is uh, sewing machine needle-related. Oh, I saw the picture on Facebook. It made me go a bit squeamish. Yes. Well, as, let me tell you a story. <laughs> About quarter to four, I left the house to go and see Alex. I had to help him put a machine he wants on, on his into his van to take to a friend's house to have a bit of a repair done to it. Mm. So I left quarter to four on time. Got a call about ten to four. Blah, 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 blah. What, what, what was wrong? I've put a sewing machine needle through my finger from wife. Mm. Oh, did a quick U-turn in the road when it was safe and legal to do so. May I add? Do you use a handbrake? No, I've got I've got an electronic handbrake on my car. It wouldn't work. There's, <laughs> there's no effect there. Rubbish. So I got home and saw it and went, "Uh oh, that doesn't look good." And it had actually broken off in her fingernail. Ooh yeah. Well, long story short, we went to the local hospital and they said, "Well, we can do some bits here. Then we'll send you to Chelsea, or you can just go to Chelsea." So I went, right, we'll go to Chelsea. In London rush hour traffic, that was fun. Mm. Well, we got there. So the story started about four o'clock. We got home at half ten in the evening. God. With with little bits of metal rem- removed and wife with puffy finger. Oof, but that hurt. I'm sure it did. But and even she'll say the most the worst part was the waiting around. But mm. we still got through for free. Mm. So I still love the NHS. It's brilliant. Everyone we spoke to and, and helped us was absolutely marvellous. Mm. But things take a while, don't they? I suppose you've got yes. to wait around because people are always more important. You know, you might have a little kitty mm. come in with us poorly or, you know, someone might have an accident in the street or whatever. So, you know, we sort of patiently waited. We didn't moan. It was fine mm. in the end, but it takes a long time. I'd much rather been doing other things. Deft wife. I went last week to A&E with a case of arcade hand. Oh, how's your the, arcade hand now? They said, you've been playing Gunbird too much. Leave it for a couple of hours. Go home. You'll be fine. And I did. And yet, so they've done their job again. Fantastic advice. I left, I left Gunbird for many hours. <laughs> so what, have you been, what else have you been doing with pies? Tell me about pies. I like pies. Well, I've, I've got a Raspberry Pi 1 and a Raspberry Pi 2, and I thought I might as well do something with them because I've had, like, uh, media players on them and stuff. Yeah. So I've got RetroPie running on my Raspberry Pi 1 mm-hmm. with lots of old console games. Cool. And the thing I ended up playing the most was Pitfall 1 on the Atari 2600. Oh, it's such a good game, isn't it? It's so, yeah. It's, I it's really like it on that. A design classic, that. Mm-hmm. And on my Raspberry Pi 2, she's got a bit more oomph. oomph. I put Portable Pi Mame version 2. Okay. Which is Mame with all those, I think it's 37 Beta 5 ROMs, the, the older ROMs that are 
maybe 10 years old now. Yeah, but that's they a really run. old version, isn't it? Yeah, they run perfectly. And there's no screen tearing. I think there must be some syncing going up somewhere. Oh. And I've got it all set up to a Xbox 360 controller. Uh-huh. So the tab and the escape, you know, that you can get into all the menus. Yes. So you don't even need to plug in a keyboard. So it'd be great for taking away to, you know, you know when, you, when we're away. Yeah, absolutely. Good idea. I do, have a, I do have a feeling I may never use it, but at least it's all set up. Yeah. And the, and the well, games run well. I'm quite interested in doing it myself because I could put it in a little box with a nice screen and some controls and make a little tiny arcade machine out of it. Yeah. So I've got the well, image you sent me, which I'm going to use, I think. But do you know what? I'm sure when I first started on MAME all those years ago, I think it was version 36. So it's sort yeah, of about the well. time, and it, and it was really good back then. I remember not having any problems with anything. But then again, I didn't know any different, you know? Yeah, and I think it had, a really good, it had a really good scan lines as well. Because nowadays you've got all these fancy different scan lines and apertures and all this business. But it's just that simple, I think it just removed each other line from the screen. Mm. So it was really good. I remember that. Yeah, it, run, it runs flawlessly, really. Nice. I had a good go on a mini pork pie the other day. Yeah, what flavour? Pork. Oh, yeah, it says pork, sorry. Yeah. It didn't last long, though. Guess what I had? I think it was Christmas. Yeah, that's that's a way back now. You're a bit late for that one. Pork pies with Branston pickling. Oh, they are good, aren't they? Yeah. I've had ones with all sorts in. Mmm, pie. Mm. <laughs> Guess what else? Guess. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I've been to the windswept, haunting, ethereal landscapes that are... The Black- north. Blackpool Seafront. Oh, yeah. What did you go there for? Oh, I just went for a walk around, you know, a bit something to eat, a bit of sand in your chips. It was very nice, very nice. So how far is Blackpool from you? Because you go there quite a bit. Yeah, it's about 30 miles. Oh, right, that's far. Not, not far then. Not far. Mm. So I had a wander around the arcade, as I always do. Ooh, so, nice. Wow, look at that over there, that interesting sculpture of something. And wham, I'm in the arcade. She's lost me for yeah, half an hour. gone. Where has he gone? Ring you up, done answer. I have a rant, but these, these huge Videmption games, as they call are just kind of taking over now. There's a big, massive, mm. flappy bird official one that I played. Yeah, which I was actually quite good at. I got about twenty tickets out of it. That's good for a, a penny chew, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that'll satisfy you. We got a Spider-Man egg. Does Spider-Man lay eggs? <laughs> it has, the it spider a... egg in my web. <laughs> I gave it to my eighteen-year-old son, and he's like, "What?" It just oh. looks at us and shrugs. It just, I think he knows what we're like now. And you opened it up, and there was a little mini skateboard with a Spider-Man sticker on. Wow. A, a bigger Spider-Man sticker yeah. and some candy. You mean sweets? And that, yeah. And that yes. was 100, 130 tickets, <laughs> which I sort of got addicted to these games. Crossy Road. Yeah. An absolutely huge, very nice-looking machine. Very hard to play. I've, I've seen one of these in an airport before. But I didn't have a mm. go of it. It was running through to get a plane. So what's the thing with Crossy Road then? Can you not go left and right? You can only go up. You can only go forward. That's awful. So, so if you get to an obstacle and you press you forward, it'll, it'll even move you like diagonally forward, left or right. That is an awful way of doing it. How can they not have done that? What can you have a slidey movement on it? And there's a lag on it as well. There's a lag on when you press the button, you wait like half a second and it moves. So if oh, you, really? If you, you know, you're sort of panicking and you press the button three times, it hops three times really quick after a delay. That is terrible. How are you supposed to do anything? Especially if you're, you're trying to win prizes. That's awful. Mm, I was getting destroyed on that. Oh, that sounds horrible. Don't play it, kids. That sounds wrong. And finally, a very weird one, which was 
didn't give out tickets. Jetpack Joyride. I don't know if you're familiar with this mobile game. I think I've got it on my phone, actually. But I don't think I've played it much. It's like them old Flash helicopter games where you've got one button and you press the button to make the to keep the helicopter floating. Get to the chopper! Yeah, like, so, a, like Flappy Bird, I suppose. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and yeah I know that. He sat in a chair which looked like a jetpack in front oh. of a, like a 50-inch screen. And you've got one button, which is hover. There's nothing else to do. There's no tickets it spits out, so the kids are not playing it. Mm. Just very strange. And it, the screen was that big that it was just too much to take in. So I was like right back like that, trying to play it. Uh, I thought, one button game. Strange. Can you no, name any arcade games that had one button only? Probably a lot smaller ones than that, but uh, yes. oh, oh, you you know one, don't you? Oh, I do. And That's why I'm trying to be clever. It is Star Trigon. Oh. It was the last one in the Mister Driller series. It uses the characters of Mister Driller, and you've got a elastic band yourself around these planets and join the planets up. It's a really weird game. I got rid of it because it's nothing like Mister Driller. I only had it for completion, mm. but got rid of it. Rubbish. <laughs> so very strange but these these mobile games being made into arcade games like fruit ninja and all them like they are taking over the arcades I don't but think they work. There, there you go they're I for kids i don't kids. think they work i think if you get some of them games like if you had crossy row with a joystick on a proper old school retro looking frogger machine that worked mm. really really well i think people it would, would play it because you yeah. can play the game better with a joystick i think mm. Because I've got it on the Apple TV. We've got an Apple TV, one of the newer ones, and you can get games and apps on that. And we've got a, a wireless joypad you can use for anything, anything that's Bluetooth, PCs, Macs, different um, machines and stuff, and on this thing. And we used to play it on that, and because you've got the different buttons do different things, and you've also got a controller, you know, left and right, up, down, D-pad, mm. you can play the game a lot better. And wife's got, like, over four, five, six hundred points. I can't remember. That's a lot of points. A lot more than my scores. Wow! So it just makes the game more enjoyable, and you can get through it a bit longer. Because those games that are quick and easy to play, I think those ones you were speaking about are designed just to grab your money. And you mm. know, you can't really play it for very long. But when you do get into it, it gets more fun. I think. Yeah, that's it's just all about money and tickets, and yeah. Oh well. So one last thing before we go on to the next section: if Terry Hawk skateboarding was in the arcade. Discuss. Tony Hawk. I call him Terry. <laughs> I, 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 I got it from my archive of PS1 games and burnt it to a, a backup disc, a legally owned backup disc. Mm. Honest cuff. <laughs> and I was playing it the other day, and what a blast. I love Tony Hawk skateboarding, the first one. I think I had the second and third as well on the later consoles, but I absolutely love it, the first one. It's such a blast playing it. It's but, all combos and stuff. I wasn't. It's like Street Fighter combos on a skateboard. Yeah, but I didn't bother with that. I just mm. went around smashing things up and, and planting Tony's face into the walls and stuff. <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I suppose it is. I did have one version that me and my son played on one of the earlier consoles. Yeah. And it was all right. I was trying to go as high as I could up a building. Yeah. And then fall off, yeah. Yeah, because it's just a silly little thing. It's like when you play Crazy Taxi. If you don't bother with the missions and just drive around doing daft things, it's a lot of fun. Because I think there's a free skate mode on Tony Hawk as well. But, I mean, the idea of saying, will it work in the arcade? I think it would, because you'd have to do certain things to get onto the next level. And you maybe have a few lives and stuff, and you have secrets and things like that. I think it would work really well. Maybe the trackball or something. Or maybe mm. like the controller on 720 degrees. You've got that sort of spinny, joysticky thing, which I could never yeah. get on with. 
Yeah. But I think the trackball worked really well on it because you could do combos and spin the trackball and you know to get him spinning around and stuff. Right, that's what we should do. After this, we'll ring up Eugene Jarvis of Raw Thrills. Yeah, get him on the case. Yeah, so get Terry Hawk skateboarding. Yeah, get Terry. Who's Terry? You know, that mm. bloke on the skateboard. Keep smashing him into things. He's really old now, and he's older than us, and he's Terry now. Oh, he's 400. Goodness! Hey, should we do some arcade news? Certainly shall. Let's go! So, the first good bit of news, let me just give him some of these first. Is that enough? Thank you. Charlie David Glatchin Farr. That's his name now. Line, line. Is the world champion on Galaxian with a score of 2 million and 10 points. OMG. He's beaten the previous score from Art Van Vlet. I'm not sure I pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Of 1.6 million. And he actually he's texted me to say that he got a congratulatory email from the guy cool this week so that's brilliant bit of competition mm, so we shall put i i caught up with him at arcade club while he was sleeping around with his underpants on his head in joy i bet he was I may two have million that. on galaxian i may have made that bit up and we shall put the interview in here hey kids i am with mr charlie galaxian <laughs> far who has just got a world record on galaxian not very often people get world records on the very old games a couple that spring to mind would be Wes Copeland on Donkey Kong recently and John Studley last year on Pac-Man so how are you feeling David? I'm feeling alright Sean Um, I did it last night it took me 7 hours 20 minutes I think Uh, I've been been streaming for a few weeks now I'm trying to get back into it and it's um, yeah last night it was kind of going the same, same pattern where I was I've got like 600,000, it looked like I was going to finish the game at a million in my last life, like... Yeah, you got it. It did it for me, yeah. So how long have you been trying to do it? I know, oh. I know I've known you for a couple of years, haven't I? So at well, least a couple of years. A couple of... That, that's basically it. The start, um, really the start of our arcade club in, uh, was it November? Yeah. In 2014. Bloody hell, it was. Well, it's nearly yeah. two years now, isn't it? Excellent. So really, it was then. Um, got playing on the Glatzing cab. Love the cab. Not really played it much before that, to be honest. Only on main. Yeah. Yeah, and I just uh, I decided my me, me progress was quite quick. So I thought maybe I could have a shot at this, you know, in the future. Yeah. So, so and you bought a board, didn't you, recently? I got a board in January, and it. Um, what did you put it in? What, what cab I've, have you got? I've got it in New Newcastle City. New Astro, so New Astro, I knew it was yeah, similar. Yeah, I got it in January and uh, I only got round to doing it in April. Um, so it's taken me about six weeks, really, to sort it. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> what, what happened? I didn't really see the stream. Did you... I wondered, did you... I coughed a lot in the stream. That's what I did. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Did you throw the last life once you got over two million or not? I did, yeah. I thought you had yeah, to, because you did yeah. that with Asteroids, didn't you? I did. Uh, I got I got the two million, and uh, it's been as long to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I did. I had to throw it in the end. So that was it, yeah. Seven... What, what is it? What was it? Seven hours, 21 minutes it or something? It was seven hours, 20. Somewhere like that. I can't remember. Yeah. I've got some stats here. Yeah. That you posted on UK I did, back. Yeah, I did. I think and, they're right. And I've took a photo with Fawn. 
Right, total play time, seven hours, 21 minutes. 21 minutes. 556 yeah. waves. Jesus. Yeah, I'll, the, I'll loop the, uh, the flags twice. God, but what, what do they loop at? How many? Uh, is it 255, two, isn't it? It's like 8 bit. So is it's, it? It yeah. was twice that. And, uh, so you put yeah. an average of 3,600 points a wave. Yep. 47 seconds a wave. About 47 seconds. Wow. Well, so, yep, yeah, it's. Um, well, they start, they start coming down quite quick, don't they? After like wave 15 or so. Yeah, I wouldn't so, know. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I've got yeah, to you 15. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So, first life, you got 659,000. Second life. That was a bad one. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, terrible, that. 600. <laughs> No, the second life wasn't. It, oh, second, I thought it was all going wrong on second life. Second life, 730,000, and then you leaped up to a million and 40,000 on the third life. Yeah. And then the last life got a million. Near just a under million, a million. Just under yeah. a million. So with a score of 2 million and 10,000 beating. What's the guy you beat? Art uh, Van Summer. I don't know how you pronounce it. I think it's Art Van Vliet or Vliet. Vliet yeah. It's, I don't know whether it's a silent. And that was a 2009 score, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. And, and there was an English guy before that. That Ga- was Gary Whelan. And he got he, he got a million, didn't he? He broke the million. 1.1 million, yeah. yeah. Oh, so well done, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Yep. So, if you had to give a bit of a noob like me... I can't say I'm a noob. He's been playing it for 30 <laughs> years. <laughs> You've been playing it longer than I have. Just one tip on how to improve on Galaxian. What What the heck? What the flipping heck would it be? Um, the one thing you need, it's shooting accuracy more than anything else. Yeah. Over yeah. So, um, it, that's the one key thing. If you can shoot, especially the purple ones, Yeah. Uh, they really do severe swoops. So if you can shoot them accurately, you know, 90% of the time you your scores are like leap forward they really well you've got to when you get caught in the crossfire which gets most of my yeah, lives they, they, they move much faster than you do yeah, yeah. you get some coming, some diving from the left some diving from the right and I just get caught in the crossfire and get slaughtered yeah if that happens you've got to try and think quickly and say where's the safe bit so mm. you've got to find that safe, safe just bit just panic and run off yeah yeah just give <laughs> up yeah. so what's next then what do you think you could get a world record on next I know what you can do uh, what could I do space zap Space that you're close to that world record. And that doesn't take seven hours now, does it? No, I do it. Seven hours. What do you reckon? Centipede, maybe? No, definitely not centipede. Um, That's massive, isn't it? There is an um, asteroid's main record that I'm quite interested in. It's like three three million or something. Is there? Well, you could do that. It's possible. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Mr. David Charlie Five Galaxy Millionaire Line. Thank you very much. Woo! (laughs) <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you. And just before we go, we have a formal apology. Victor, I'm so sorry for Peter Patrat. I won't do it to you again, mate, honestly. <laughs> I might. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent work from Charlie there. Brilliant. How's the gunshot wound from where we shot him last time for uh, picking Peter Patrat? He's all right, he's recovering. Mm, not sure if he's going to be recovered from the ban yet or not. <laughs> Maybe when he gets a world record, we'll let him off something. You gotta let him off. That is a mm. there's there's A list classics. It is that yeah. is such a massive. I can't even get twenty thousand on Galaxian. I think I have done before once, but mm-hmm. two million. And it sounds like he sort of gave up on two million and exactly ten thousand. Did he do that and then let all his lives run out? Yeah. Oh yeah. my lord! So he could have gone further. Yeah, it just started. Uh, <laughs> what a good in, player! In the audio, he needed the toilet. So. <laughs> <laughs> He was playing for like seven hours or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. That's such a good tool. Well done, Charlie. Absolutely brilliant work. Well done. 
Amazing. One of these old games is now back in the UK as a top score. He also says that Combat Hawk is the sequel to Bank Panic. I haven't looked at that yet. I have. Have you? Is it good? No. Oh. It's weird. It's they ruin a game like Bank Panic? Instead of scrolling left to right, it's all the same mechanics are there. You scroll up and down like it. I think it's a building. Okay. Oh, no, you're a helicopter, so you might be flying over something. Right. I don't know. Okay. But there's still there's still doors that open, but it's on each screen is two levels. So there's like door one and two could be on the ground level and door three could be on the oh, first I see. level. It's very confusing. I'll have to have a look but at that. It, it hasn't got the charm or anything of Bank Panic, but it might be an okay game if you gave it half an hour. I'm not sure. Oh, I'll have a look. Right then, Nerg is nearly upon us. My train ticket oh, yeah. and our hotel is booked. Mm. The event is on the 2nd and 3rd of July at the gates at the Guillotet Leisure Centre. <laughs> Tickets are on sale at the Retro Game Shop in Granger Indoor Market in Newcastle or online at the Eventbrite site. All this and more on the NERG official website, www.northeastretrogaming.com. The Twitter is at NERG official. And if you search for Northeast Retro Gaming Events on Facebook, you'll find it there. The event times are... Saturday, 10.30am to 7pm. Yeah. Sunday, 10.30am to 5pm. Mm-hmm. RGP, Northern Lights Pinball, Games You Loved, Metacortex and That Retro Game Shop are all partnering NERG. So you know it's backed by some top people. Top people indeed. Top people. The event will have roughly 100 arcade games, 60 pinballs and 60 consoles. There are going to be cosplay competitions on both days. Prize £100 Saturday. And an under-14s prize of £100 on the Sunday. There is also a raffle this year, and it is in aid of the Bright Red Blood Cancer Charity. And the first prize is a PlayStation 4. Ooh! And a games bundle. Tickets will be a pound each and can also be purchased online if you can't make the event. Info will be posted on the website and UK VAC forum within the next few days. Excellent. And Ooh. do you know what's at the end of July as well? Oh, only Revival. Ooh! So we've got 30th and 31st of July at Banks' Stadium in Warsaw in the Midlands. And event times are 10.30 till 5pm on Saturday and 10.30 till 4pm on Sunday with an hour earlier admission and closing for membership card holders. Mm. Ooh! Here's a section taken from the website www.revivalretroevents.co.uk. Over 100 playable retro consoles and computers... Over 50 classic video arcade machines and pinball machines. On-stage competitions and prizes. A large selection of traders offering various retro collectibles. The, re- the return of the guest talk panels and new gamers theatre. Mm, that's good. Reasonably priced full licensed bar and gamers snack bar serving hot and cold food. Tea, especially. <laughs> new large summer venue for up to 1,000 visitors a day. It's near the M6, Junction 9 and Junction 10. And there's a choice of nearby hotels with direct rail and bus links to the venue. So we will be at both of those events, shan't we, sir? Oh, yes. And do you know what guests they've got at the moment? I don't at the minute. Well, who have they got? This is off the top of my head. And as you know, there's not a lot there's on no the There's no guests on the top of your head. I can see you. No. They've got Walter Day via a Skype link. Okay. Mr. Walter Day. With his stripy jumper. I've got, I think he's called Steve Turner from Houston. Steve Summer or... Dave or somebody okay. from Houston. I know his face, can't remember his name. And Archie McLean, the oh, classic cool. programmer of Drop Zone and the Snook game and IK Plus. Wow! Wow! Pow! Pow! And Smack. other noises. Mm. 
Excellent. I can't wait for that. Be good. So we have. Oh, have you read this? The Tony Temple Skyskipper blog. He's done a full write-up about Skyskipper. It's I haven't really read good. it yet. It's really good. I knew a lot about it anyway because I, I live near Alex. Goodness sake, mm-hmm. and I know quite a bit. And I know loads of other stuff about it as well. But the blog is brilliant. He's done some really good write-ups lately on uh, the Duke of Lancaster and this. He's getting he's getting really good at writing, his old Tony. He's got his crayons out, done a really good blog. <laughs> Guess what? What's that? The centuries-old mystery. The centuries-old mystery of who are those two guys that punch each other in the opening scenes of Street Fighter Two as the skyscraper's going up. That's Terry and Jeff, isn't it? No, it's nearly. It's Max and Scott. Oh. And there's a, a new Capcom kind of Pokedex style of thing that's online that's that's sort of promoting Street Fighter Five, mm-hmm. And they've got all the characters listed. It's in Japanese, but someone's translated it. And these guys are Max and Scott. Oh. Max, or is it Scott? No, Scott <laughs> is a former boxer who now works as a bouncer at a bar. As do many fantastic and max is a heavyweight boxer known for his speed and technique technique brilliant mm. yeah i've never really thought about it to be honest with you but now my my non-questions have been answered <laughs> well done capcom i thought i'd put that in because it's quite good now i, I looked at this last night because you kept me up last night looking at stuff you put on the notes yeah uh, level one of our type has been turned into a cartoon and it's a really good cartoon as well it is, and it's yeah it's good there's a bit of naughty swears so not with the kids but it's excellent nonetheless. I've subscribed mm. to their channel. Actually, it looks quite fun. It's got all sorts of pop culture and, and gamey things going on mm. in cartoon form. Excellent. Mm. Now, this one. Yes. Sent, I read this. I love this. How to mm. be cool, according to a video game magazine from 1982. Yeah. When we were all cool. We were. I wasn't. You were. So here are some of the box outs from the original article. Do not attract attention to yourself. When you enter the arcade, don't swagger in like Wyatt Earp and expect everyone to hide under their tables in fear. They came to have fun, not to watch you walk funny. <laughs> the really cool player doesn't have to make a scene. No. Number two, don't hog the machine. Putting a quarter on the machine, or ten pence, is a signal that you have the next game. Do not take advantage of this courtesy. Putting one quarter on the glass is cool. Putting on two quarters is pushing it. Three quarters is grounds for execution. Pow! Know your games. Don't just pick a game indiscriminately and play. Some games are good. Some games are cool. Some games are bad. Pac-Man is good. Defender is cool. Peter Pat-Rat is bad. Oh, that's not in there. It is the mark of a novice to be seen playing the dollar bill changer or cigarette machine. Mm. And the last one for this time. Do not distract other players. Video games require intense concentration, and most players will not appreciate if you jostle their hand, spill food on the screen, or shout, Watch out for that mutant! At regular intervals. <laughs> Unless you enjoy spending time in hospitals, keep your hands to yourself and your mouth shut. Excellent. Good advice. So next time you're in an arcade club, don't go leaving pizza on Charlie Fast Galaxy and screen you. Mm. I don't, I don't think like. it'd make any difference. No, you just shoot that. Mm. Guess what I found from the creators of the Star Force Pie, that little mini tabletop game where they've put a pie in the back. They have, uh, yeah. Not a pork pie. This one's an electronic pie. It wouldn't run on pork pies. It might do. It's a really nice little neat machine. It's really well well built as well. I like, mm. it. I like the look of it. They've created something called the Star Force Neo. This is a, a one-off project from what I can see, built into a 1982 Mintel 1 case. Yes. It's an 8-inch eight screen, so it's a lot bigger than the Star Force Pi with proper arcade controls. And yeah. it's got a 
MVS, Neo Geo MVS motherboard in it, a proper motherboard in there. Yeah. And you can put cartridges in the back. Love it. So you can play MVS games. So this is basically like a portable arcade machine with a proper yeah. CRT screen in it, which we'll get into no, a little bit later no, on. No, it's morning. not. It's, it's an not LCD. No, oh, it's an eight-inch LCD screen. Ooh, what a shame. But it's, it's still it's... proper arcade nonetheless. Is put the system pumps its SCART signal via a scanline generator oh, okay. and shoots 480p resolution sprites onto the internal display. So it's probably good looking. Oh yeah, I bet it with, with an SG uh, whatever they are scanline generator. They're really good. They look really authentic. Mm, it's, it's put. It's got a an MVS multicar in it, which has got 97 classic games. Excellent. But it, it's costing, because this is a one-off, I suppose you can't get a load of these motherboards to produce it. No. It cost, it's cost him €600 Euro to do it, and another €150 Euro for the extra controllers that you can put in and, and multi-cart. So it's an expensive thing, but if, if he sold them, I'm sure he'd sell a few. Yeah, they look really nice as well, but it's the costing, I think. By the time you sort mm. of get all that done, it's, you know, it's not really worth doing. And people don't really want to pay as much as he paid, I expect, even though it is worth it in the long run. Mm. It'd be a great thing to own if you're a lazy millionaire, wouldn't it? Oh god, yeah. Mm. Right, this one I love. I read this last night, and I really got into this article. I read it all. Absolutely brilliant. I, mm. didn't, I didn't understand a lot of it because it's very, very technical. But I love it. This is I restoring did. the first ever color game, and we always thought for a long time that something like Galaxian was the first color game. Mm. No, not even close. Atari's Gotcha. You know the one with the the booby controllers that made me look like breasts. Mm. it's that one but they actually made a colour version of it yeah. well I, I encourage everyone to look on our show notes and read this it's really interesting they actually made a colour version and it beat a game called Wimbledon by about a month yeah with a color, and it's actually a colour screen and the guy got the PCB and got it repaired and got it working and it, even Nolan Bushnell said to him on Facebook oh no we didn't do a colour game for about four years after that so he thought he'd bought a dud you thought mm. you just bought a normal gotcha ball, which aren't that expensive. And then he, fa- he got in contact with someone else, and he actually found out that he's got an actual RGB daughter board on it to produce red, green, blue signals. And then Nolan went, oh, yeah, you just reminded me. Yes, we did. So he got about, it from the horse's mouth. Did about 12 of them, they said, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, there wasn't many. But there's other, other um, paperwork saying they did more of them, but we don't know. Uh, uh, uh. It's f- over 40 years ago, mate. Mm. It's like 1973, I think. But did you see the space race on the article? Yes. Yeah. The actual ship graphic, which is on the screen, is made up on the actual PCB. You can see it in diodes. You know the little components are diode? Yeah. Which looks a bit like a resistor, I suppose, but made out of glass. And they've actually done half the ship, the shape, on the PCB. And that's what makes the image on the screen when it's mirrored. Yeah. I found that fascinating. So mm. good. But there were so many colour games way before good old Galaxian as well. Loads of them. Absolutely loads of them. I think Sprint 8, you know, the old car racing game, that was colour mm. because you needed colours to differentiate between the eight players. If you had yeah, eight different versions of black and white, you wouldn't know who was playing who. There was an indie one, wasn't there? Indie 500 or something, was that it? Is, yeah, yeah. Loads mm-hmm. of them when you look up there. Really interesting art. I love that one, mate. Yeah, what's interesting to me is how they created the game. I think it's Al Alcorn, is it? Quite a famous guy. Yes. He was doing he, they, he was doing some scoring with the Pong, you know, those massive scores that the, yeah. the Pong game had. And it start, the score went wrong and started scrolling, and that was the basis for the maze for Gotcha. 
Yeah, because Gotcha Maze moves all the time. You've got like a little yeah. bouncy ball, and you've just got to find the other bouncy ball, the other person. Mm. But it looks really good. The colour one, the, obviously all the gates are colour in it as well. Mm. Funny you should mention Pong. 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 Not really a Pong, it's a ping. Ping. <laughs> but this is brilliant. Some guys, there's a really good video I encourage people to look at. They've made a live Pong. Mm. And when I say live, I mean a mechanical Pong. When you move the, the big dial to move left and right with your bat, an actual physical wooden bat on a big screen of glass moves. It's got magnets under it with motors and it's all controlled and there's lights and the ball moves around. It's, I'm not doing it justice. Go and look at it. It's so brilliant. I'd love to have one of these. It's like, it's like air hockey, I would say. If, yeah. if you imagine air hockey, but instead of the pucks, you've got like pong bats. Yeah. So you can't move them forward and backward. You just move them left and right to protect your goal or protect the script, the bit behind you. That's what it is. It's brilliant. It's so clever. They've made it work and on a on a, a live physical board. It's a huge mm. machine as well. It's probably about two ton, but it's got all these motors on it and magnets and, and loads of lights and really big score. It's absolutely amazing. It looks such a laugh to play as well. And I think they are in talks with trying to bring it out in the arcade. Oh, that'd be brilliant. So cool. I'd love to play it. And it looks it looks fantastic. It looks kind of like 70s. It's got a 70s kind of chic to it, hasn't it? Yeah. It's really mm. big. They, they cut it out on a CNC wood router and stuff, and it's a massive table, but it looks so brilliant. I'm sure they can make a smaller version if they want to, but they made it big on purpose. Mm. Really awesome. nice. Oh, another one I sent you. You know, we I did the uh, the, the death rat the other week. Yeah. Death yeah. Well, I found a heavy metal cup of tea song. Lovely. And I've put it in the show notes and it's it's good. They use a curvy dagger to st- to stir the yeah. tea at the end. Very funny. It's very funny. Really yeah. good video. Love that sort of uh, stupid English humour. Mm. Right then, let's get on to non pickups. Mm, we haven't got a lot. I haven't got any pickups. But I found out, you know, I was on about getting the RG Boy little tiny console that's come out, little handheld. I thought I've ordered two of them. Yes, I think I've ordered two of them. Mm. I sent a Twitter to the guy who makes them, and he said should be within a month now. Awesome. Because all the all the uh, the Kickstarter backers have got theirs, and they're really happy with them. And people are making loads of games all over the place for it. It looks a really cool little thing as well. I love it. Little tiny mm. silly black and white thing. But people are doing all sorts of uh, open source games, all free, and just download stuff, and it looks a right laugh. So oh, hopefully, awesome. hopefully soon, and if I get it, obviously before Nerg and such, I'll bring it with me so you can have a look at it. Mm, guess what I got? I know from, what you got. <laughs> from my favourite co-host, thank you, sir. My only co-host, actually. Yes. Tronad's put a picture on Twitter saying he spotted this car bumper sticker that said... No custard creams are left in this vehicle overnight. And he must have got right up close and took a photo of it. And then imagine my surprise and, yes. and shock and dismay. Not dismay, surprise. Delight, that's the word. Delight. When I op- opened the post yesterday morning and I've got one of the stickers. I'm going to stick it in my box, of course. No custard creams are left in this vehicle overnight. Look at that, listeners. Yes, I can see that. Well, I saw that when I received it and then sent mm. it to you. Thank you very much. So that is the rubbish pickups this week. But Do you know what? I must apologise. I want to buy things. 
I've been trying to... I bought a few online. I bought some downloads from Evita, some old games. That's not really exciting, is it? But I've been trying mm. to buy... I've been looking on eBay and stuff for some Arcato. I do want to get a new cab soon and maybe get rid of yeah. some old ones. But there's nothing around. It's a bit of a bit of a lull, really. There's nothing I fancy. Mm-hmm. I've got my finger in a pie about something maybe in the future, but we can't talk about that right now. Mm. But yeah, nothing really. I'm not needing anything. It's a bit of a shame. I like buying stuff. Mm. You do. <laughs> you buy tons of stuff, you. Tons, but not to, not this week. Mm. So oh, we well. can we can get on to something we have got tons of. Feedback. Feedback. We have some feedback from Chris Binary Star. Okay. The Vectrex guru. Mm. Thanks for the shout out, Victor Marland. I've got a, f- a future featured game suggestion UFO Robo Dangar. I have heard of it. I haven't played it. Highly recommended. If you don't know the game, it plays very much Terra Crestor ish with a couple more bells and whistles. It is Ooh. the sequel to Terra Crestor. Oh, right. Okay. That's a good game. It is. Yeah. Mm. Good game. <laughs> Benson Rad, listener number four. Yes, your blog stroke write-up thing sounds a good idea. Go for it. When I was talking about writing up my tinkerings when I fix stuff and, and mod stuff and things. Yes. He likes the Pac-Man song. That's pretty cool. I wonder how many mashups there are out there of old classic game tunes. I was also bidding on that Trimline Space Invader cab that I was bidding on. I fell in love with them after one popped up on here fairly recently for sale. I'm really loving the smaller cabs now and just love that 80s pub look about this one. Sadly, I misread the end time. I was outside painting and came in to find I missed the auction end by five minutes. Can't say I wanted to spend loads on trying to get it with the cost of delivery and a PCB on top, if the rest of it even worked. Could have become very expensive. Does make you wonder, though, how often on the forums we are all bidding against each other on stuff. Mm. Just signed up for info on these new vans, the shoes. Are there any pictures out there of what they look like? I guess they could be subtle and cool looking or just plain outright awful. I was in Kingston the other day, my local town, and went past a van shop and they had the sticker with Mario on the window coming soon. So I'll be looking at them soon. I shall report back. Mm -hmm. Mr. CMP, Chris, been catching up on a podcast while converting half of my garage to an arcade. The 10 pence orchestra made me laugh, laugh out loud. As, as normal every time. Not always safe when wielding power tools. Oh, no, not really. Vic, you did get the Vectrex processor wrong when you mentioned it, but sure, it was just a verbal typo, as you mentioned. As you obviously know, it's a 6809. You did say a 7809, though. Oops. On the subject of Vectrex, you mentioned the arcade game Solar Fox the other week. There's actually a recent homebrew Vectrex game called Marine Fox on it, and oh. it's free, freely available as a ROM. I didn't know that. I'm having that. I'll be sure never to play Peter Packrat on your recommendation. You do wonder sometimes if anyone ever playtested a game when it has so much annoying stuff in it. Mm. Got that right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, more on that processor business later on. Mm. Nez for life. The answer to Victor's question is yes. We want to hear about Victor's general tinkering and projects. Okay, I will do that then in the future. Mm. Chris Fantasia 2 just finished listening to it today and since you didn't like it I'm glad glad I completely to for, forgot to play it around about Peter Patrat of course yeah. Yeah. and carried on with Bank Panic instead someone beat me to it but I've also managed to get over 50,000 on the first round 54,000 wow. on the first round you must be you must leave it to like one second before the time runs out or something I don't know yeah, how is over 50k... Can we have a video, please? Can some of our listeners who can get over yeah. 50 grand on Bank Panic on the first level send us a video of proof? 
Not proof. Mm. We believe you. I just want to know how to do it myself. Mm. So I've still got Bank Panic in one of my ponies. I'll go and play that. Right, here we go. Phil Murray. Great podcast, guys. It flew by on one commute to and from work. I agree. Peter Packrat is a rubbish game. Also, you mentioned Phoenix has a 6809. That must explain why my hacks won't work, as I've been programming for an 8085. Phoenix is indeed an 8085 CPU. What was I thinking of? Oh. Mm. Oh, dear. Robotech, great podcast as usual. I really enjoy the show's format and the Ten Pence Orchestra. Still find myself singing the Astro Blaster song. Oh, lovely, lovely. Uh, at work sometimes. As a future idea for the tech tip section, could you cover burning EPROMs from MAME? As I have a few broken PCBs and I'd like to try to get to repair them. Mm, yep, yep. Consider that done for the future tech tips, as I know how to burn ROMs. Excellent. I've actually got the gear to do that, so yeah. QED. Hey guys, another great podcast. My ears pricked up when you played that Pac-Man remix tune, as I know that one quite well. A while back I did a quest on YouTube for Pac-Man remixes and found a lot. Some great tunes, some not so great. Here is a CD's worth of decent remixes for your gaming listening pleasure. And he's linked us to a bunch of tunes. Nice. He also says, 10 pence is the best pence. It certainly is. Another logo for us there. It's my favourite pence. Neil 20 to 5. Once again, loads of feedback. Thanks, Neil. Hi, guys. Another good listen while at work this weekend. Like the opening introductions to the Take Heart theme tune. I love that program. I, too, tried the Samsung Gear VR last weekend whilst in Edinburgh and was surprised how much I liked it and no feeling of motion sickness. Same with me, hmm. like I do get with the Oculus Rift. At only 80 quid for the headset, it is very accessible. Obviously, you do need a Samsung S6 or S7 phone. Hmm. I think earlier phones work i think i'm not sure also i have to agree with the car boot prices too i went to one the other week and the guy had his entire table filled with early console games ps1 era but wanted ridiculous money for non-rare titles it was good to hear the return of tempest orchestra one of the best i thought nice at the risk of having a disapproving sheep bleating at me, I do kind of get why some people prefer 1943 over 1942. Boo! Boo! Band! 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 Yeah, For me, in any vertical shooter, I appear to be much better at attracting the bullets towards me than I ever am at avoiding the damn things, which 1943 is somewhat more forgiving. Yeah, a lot of people think that. I think mm. because I've played 1942 so much, I find it easy. Maybe yeah, not. yeah. You asked for some feedback on proper fu- um, possible future inclusion of Vic's fiddling. Maybe a better title being Vic's Idle Hands. Yes, OK. I would warmly welcome <laughs> such a feature, being an active tinkler myself, mm-hmm. and also looking forward to improving my knowledge and seeing what others are doing. If I may suggest, though, that this might be better suited to some kind of blog with real words and proper pictures, as I think the subject field would be better conveyed to an audience in this format, yep. as opposed to listening to you trying to describe your handiwork over the audio waves. That's what I was going to do. From day one, yeah, I was going to just write mm. it up in pictures, not not on here, but actually on the site. Mm. Yeah, so that's fine. And while we're on the subject of tinkering, thanks for the feedback on my recent scratch-built arcade stick. Oh, well Oh, yes. Ooh. Well happy with how it's turned out, with artwork from Ollie really bringing it together. Maybe now I can stop trying to play MAME stuff on a laptop keyboard and get myself onto the 10 pence podium. Mm. Another good thing, 10 pence podium. Can we nickel this stuff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's we in can. The, it's in the public forum, we're having it. 
Yeah, we're having it. Super impressed at what my little Raspberry Pi 2B can do. Although it wasn't happy with Peter Crap Rat. Yeah. Maybe it knew how bad it was. I've also had a quick bash at Gunbird on my shiny new stick. Mm. And whilst I want to love these style of shooters, I am simply pants at them. Just got to persevere, as he's put. So frenetic. After an hour of playing, my hand was in bits. Arcade oh. hand. Mm. With cramps, I have never experienced seen. Oh, since oh no, five... no, no, can't say, can't that. say that. No, can't say that. And then he's put, he's put keep flagellating. We will. It's my favourite word. Maximum Phil from the Maximum Power Up Awesome Podcast. Enjoy the alternative direction of the Ten Pence Orchestra. Took me back to my youth. Loves a bit of black metal, me. <laughs> and Lesley has very kindly turned us into a twenty six hundred game. I love this. It's it's like a mock-up of a 2600 cart. Game program, 10 pence arcade, use the light gun controller. Yes. And then it's got the image, the podcast image from Peter Patter at Podcast 61. And then and then at the bottom, a copyright, 10 pence arcade. So we can shoot the rat in the game. That'd be much more fun, wouldn't it? It would be, yeah. Awesome. Peter dead rat. Darren Domination. Just got around to listening to the Moon Patrol episode. Loved the game, but I much preferred the clone Battle Through Time on this Commodore 64, and he's linked us to a YouTube video of it. Darren also wants us to know what we think of the Australian MCA sticks, the joysticks. I don't know. I don't think I've ever used an MCA joystick. I've used something that looks similar, but yeah. I can't say it's the same thing. Okay. That must be one of the common ones they got. We got the Suzo Hap sticks over here, didn't we, in the chip yeah. shop games. So, yeah, uh, more information, please, Darren Domination. We'd like to see what's, mm. what's going on with those sticks. Maybe a, mm. a view from the bottom of one as well, if you've got any spare. Mm. I've been speaking to Paul Nermanum from the Intellivisionaries. Manamana. Yeah. I was doing him, doing him a bit of graphics for his next... You'll have to see that. I have some graphics oh, for his... Oh, They're very good. <laughs> Vip's, Vip's done one as well for the same subject which is far funnier than mine but there you go you sir and him sir are a pair of fools but I like it and he says can you tell Vic this breaking news it's official Paul Nerman of the Intellivision podcast has declared that T still sucks Band. and one out, one out of two 10 pence co-hosts agree that is true mm. I just had some tea very nice it was too eek now this is a little uh, screen grab from I think one of our messaging services from Mark Singleton who helps at Arcade Club he's put the best game ever on Peter Packrat and I I replied you need to go and see a doctor Mark I hope you get well soon and he said doctor agrees with me lol I love this game as a kid Mm. you're not a kid now grow up Mark (laughs) Ian Cullen He's put, I heard this on the radio this morning. This was May the 17th. Apparently, it's National Pack Rat Day. We can't get away from the flipping thing. Oh, no. Can't just, it's, it's haunting us now. You know what's going to happen? We're going to just get haunted. Ugh, by a dead rat. Someone. Dead rat. I was drinking some Dr. Pepper at the arcade club bar last night, like a hardcore drinker I am. You are. And someone said that there's been recently in the news where someone's found some Dr. Pepper with. A rat in it, another oh, rat. It's me. I put it in there in the mit- in a two-liter bottle of Dr Pepper. How do you get it through the top with a little hole? We said that it's like a rat in, like a ship in a bottle, but a rat in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Cullen also asked if you put Circus Charlie on the listeners' list. Done, sir. It's in. It's a good game. That it is good. Show me games covered it recently. Cool. And that in their funny manic style, mm. which means they just talk rubbish and have a laugh. Okay. Alpha One, great podcast, guys. I've never played Peter Pat Rat and probably won't ever try it now. Uh, he's got a prototype PCB for it, sadly. 
Really, sadly not so sure now, missing ROMs. It's totally different hardware to System 1. Before, I guess they dumped it and moved the game to System 1. It's a surprising the game made it into production. Field test must have been, must have been favourable. A lot better games have never passed field test. Sean, did you know Konami have released a new Road Fighter game, Road Fighter 3D? Check out the game and cabinet. It's crazy. See you at the next meet. P.S. It's time for some balloon craziness, surely. I've, I've had a look at that Road Fighter. It's a bit confusing. I know that Road Fighter 2 is Midnight Run. which is a 3D racing game, nothing really to do with Road Fighter. Mm. I think Mr. Purity has a cab of that. Okay. And so I looked on the internet, and there was a Road Fighter, well, really, Road Fighter 3 in 2010 in Japanese arcades. And then there was something from last year about another Road Fighter, so I don't know if those two are the actual same game that never got released. Nothing like the original. The original's a top-down 2D thingy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This one's more like... Just you know, you're destroying the cars, you're smashing into him. So I suppose yeah. that's why they. She's Road Fighter only in name and not in content. I think. Yeah. Cine Steve, here's my best vector pilot score at the moment: 143,700. Absolutely love this game. As you should do. Great podcast as usual. Glad I missed the pack rat after your bad review. Yep. Did you see someone asking valuations of a dedicated machine? Yeah, there's one for sale on UK Vac at the moment: 1,100 pounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, that ain't going to happen. Would you give him a pound or not? No. No. I actually replied to the thread because someone said, oh, call him Victor to the thread. And I was very polite because I didn't want to ruin the sales thread. I put, uh, a lovely machine. I hope the the owner gets a lot of fun out of it. God, that hurt. It really hurt to say that. Chris Federico. Dear Messrs. Marland and Holly. I've never been keen on first-person target games. Whether I'm wielding a light gun, I'm moving one of those cumbersome crosshairs around. Shooting galleries, such as one might find in a carnival booth, never did it for me as video games. So I wasn't with much enthusiasm I tried out Bank Panic. I always tried to play the games you're going to cover, so I have a reference point before listening. But I didn't care to try Bank Panic until I heard the episode. You two seem to love it so much, I thought I might as well go and try it out. Now, here we are, a couple of episodes on, and I find myself absolutely hooked on it. It's one of the most just-one-more-game coin-ups I've ever played which is saying something. Sometimes I even wake up in the middle of the night pressing imaginary ones, twos and threes on my pillow. <laughs> oh, wow. I've been playing it once or twice a day since my first game. As it turns out, it's quite different from any other shooting gallery game. I'm big on originality, and this has it in spades. Instead of aiming, the player must fire up his brain and remain ex- extremely alert as to which doors he should turn to and which number he should press. He also needs great timing. Try not to fire too quickly or too slowly. Nailing a bandit in zero seconds or completing a wave with a bunch of bonus cash stocked up is incredibly satisfying. The game is so unbalanced that the playtester must have gone into it. It's formidable to think about. For the very first time, I beat the scores of the mighty Victor and Sean. Granted, I've had about a month long as a practice. At this point, I tend to finish up with about 680,000 points. Wow. The highest run I've reached is level 13. I know I can make a million one of these days. My only problem now is I can't get Dixie out of my head. If only music could be shut off, right? It can um, be. Oh, can it? On MAME, you can... I think there's three sound chips, and if you go into the... Or two sound chips or something. If you go into the settings in MAME, you can turn the volume of the sound, the music right down while oh. keeping the bullet sound and all the rest of it on. Good tip, old son. Yeah, I think I knew about that, but didn't think to mention it. I forgot all about it. Well done. Mm. I thank you for getting me hooked on Bank Panic. It was an awesome surprise. That's one of the great things about the classic games. There's always another favourite to find. Nostalgia hardly enters into it. 
By the way, the funniest English slang word I have never heard before your show is pants. <laughs> so I'm glad that I finally got the opportunity to use it. You're dead right. Peter Packrat is pants. <laughs> the hilarious daft chemistry between you two has made this one of my favourite podcasts of all time. Thank you for everything you put into it. The occasional Victor stroke Sean stroke Alex show might be a fun idea. Ooh. And he's also given me a link here to www.orphanedgames.com, which I think he writes for as well. And he suggested a future game Crater Raider by Bally Midway. But we can't really play that because it needs a dial as well as a joystick. Mm. Which is a bit of a shame because there's quite a few games that use a joystick and a dial I'd like to play. Like Mad Planets and Cosmic Cruiser and stuff like that. But we can't really do the controls, unfortunately. So when we get to an arcade that's got one of these in, maybe, we'll do it live together sometime, yeah? Mm. Mm. Good idea. And we now come to the part of the show called Shoutouts. I haven't got any. I, I haven't really. I just well, just one shout out to Ian Ski and his housemate Mark, who came up all the way from Cambridge. Oh, long trek to arcade club last night. Good. So I had a good chat with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout out to them too, and everyone else I've been speaking to. I've already mentioned. So yeah. Yeah, I've been a bit of a mm. hermit lately. Mm. So yeah, we'll have to do that in the future then. So no, sh- no shout outs and no pickups. We're crap, aren't we? Oh, rubbish this time. I'm, yeah. I'm going to try and get some. I am. Mm. Well then, what I have got, a tech tip. Oh, it's, it's more than a tip. It's a tech novel. Tech novel, yeah. It's part one of many. This mm. is building a bar top. Mm. Right, Retro Domination has ninjaed this segment because segment, the last Retro Domination I heard, those cheeky chappies down, down under, with things that chunder... <laughs> have done a putting together an arcade machine segment, which was really good. I, I liked it. And they talked about putting a full-size arcade machine together, you know, buying one, fixing it, you know, getting it up together, the different parts and such, which is really good. Good, good listen. So what I'm going to do is do an actual tech tip, which is from the ground-up build and all the things you've got to consider to doing a bar top. You know those little machines that sit on a tabletop, which aren't full-size, they're quite portable, you can lug them about. Mm. That sort of thing. Right, let's begin at the beginning, shall we? Once upon a time... Once upon a time, the first thing you've got to consider, what kind of screen do you want in it? Because that will determine the size of your machine. Mm. How many players' control panel will I need? Am I going to use a traditional coin mech for credits? How many buttons will I require? Will I be using an old PC or a super modern Raspberry Pi 2 or 3? If you want an actual CRT, which is my recommendation, your housing is going to be a lot bigger and heavier because of the tube. But more importantly, more authentic. Yes. Remember, bar tops were around decades before flat screen were even invented, and these things actually sat on a bar countertop. If you're going to use a flat screen to save space, etc., etc., make sure you get a 4-3 orientation. Mm. They are easy to find. If for whatever reason you use a 16.9, you are wrong, of course, <laughs> you can limit the display to 4.3 in software and can mask the edges with hardware, i.e. a cardboard bezel of some kind. Because what I see on a lot of these arcade machines, you see loads of them on eBay, overpriced things as well, where they're using a widescreen TV or a widescreen flat-screen screen, and mm. they've stretched the image, or they just leave it blank on the sides, and it looks terrible. You can actually use the right-size 4.3 image but blank off the side so it doesn't look like a widescreen anymore. It just looks like a normal yeah. screen. It's not difficult to do, but people just leave it. It's, it's really poor. Can you still buy the 4.3 
monitors new or I are they all second-handed? I don't think you... Well, I'm not sure, actually, because when you go into, say, a shop or whatever and you see these these point-of-sales displays, like, you know, the lottery mm. displays, they're all 4.3 still. So they I are. don't see why not. I'm not sure where you get them from. There must be a supplier that does them still. But they are absolutely abundant everywhere you look. You see them in second-hand mm. shops. You can see them down the tip. You can get them off people for free or get rid of them on free cycle. Mm. You can get them in places like CX that does second-hand hardware for cheap. I mean... A lot of charity shops cover LCD screens, and they're so cheap, five, ten pounds maybe for a four, mm. three. You know, little mm. ones, large ones. So I think they only went up to about 19 inch anyway in, in LCD. But mm. yeah, they're easy to find, so there's no excuse for you. You just have a quick look around for one. Mm. So controls, the newer candy type joysticks and buttons are a lot shallower in depth than traditional sticks and buttons and are more appropriate for a bar top build. But yeah. it's personal choice. Extra buttons also need to be considered and placed. Escape for main, start buttons, credit buttons, etc. And you may want to use smaller electrical component switches or buttons for these jobs. You don't need a full-size arcade button for these little things. Mm. A proper bar top, in my opinion, looks just like a Nintendo Play Choice bar top or a traditional poker machine. And I'll pop some pictures on the website of these things. Big chunky old boxes. Now these things are in heavy boxes. You're, going to, you're not going to be knocking these behemoths off the table in a hurry. Right, the wooden box part has to be three-quarter inch, which is mm. 19.05 millimetre thick wood. Ply if you want a really decent job, or 18 mil MDF if you run a budget, which is the closest size to three-quarter. Right. Although, if you use ply, you can fix screws, etc., into it a lot better than MDF. You cannot screw into the edges of MDF. It would just split it. You cannot do it. It's impossible. MDF really needs screwing and gluing with internal batons. I prefer to bolt through the outside to the inside with with machine screws and bolts, and then you can hide the screw heads at a later at a later time with with filler. Mm. Bolts will never pull out, whereas screws can over a period of time. Construction of the box needs very careful consideration. You need to plan out what will be going inside it, and it all needs to fit and be able to breathe, especially if you're using the computer hardware that needs ventilation. Using cardboard as a mock-up is a good and cheap idea. You can actually make your complete box mock-up this way. Sticky tape and cardboard for the win. Mm. might sound stupid, but it will save you a lot of heartache if you get something wrong. You know what I always say? Measure twice, cut once. You do say that. I do. So if you do it out of cardboard, don't matter. You don't always say it, but I've heard you say it at least once before. I say it when I'm eating breakfast. I say it when I go to bed at night. (laughs) When you are satisfied with how your mock-up looks, you then need to draw out the panels you need. If you aren't confident you can cut them yourself accurately, just take your drawings to a wood supplier and they will probably cut them out of a sheet for you. Because a lot of these places, a local home base for me, other DIY shops are available, Mm. has got a a big wall saw which goes horizontal and vertical. It's like a a buzz saw. And they will cut out things pretty accurately. They've been really good to me. If you tell them what you want and actually measure it while you're there, make sure they've done it properly, you're laughing. It's really easy to do because... Doing it with a jigsaw or a table saw is a bit dodgy and it's a bit wonky. These things are really, they're accurate. So you can get nice straight cuts for you. So they do a really good job of it. Because not a lot of people have got these kind of uh, woodworking equipment at home. So it's mm. ideal to go there. And they don't charge you very much because you're already buying the sheet anyway. I think yeah. sometimes the cuts are free. They didn't even mention it. You may need to lay out the parts onto a sheet-shaped drawing to make this easier for them. So... If you, I do it on CAD actually because I work with CAD, but you can just draw it out yourself with a ruler and sort of scale it down. But you can sometimes 
rotate the parts together sort of Tetris style to get as much as you can on a sheet of, of, of MDF. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can get all your parts out of one sheet, usually, or half a sheet even. Sheets of ply or MDF come in stock sizes. So you can work out how to get the maximum parts out of a sheet to keep your costs down. When you have all your parts cut out, you're ready for some dry fit construction, which we will get onto on a future tech tip. Well, that was excellent. Mm, it's only the start of a very, long very thorough. process. I thought, there's things I, I don't think of a lot, but there's things I hadn't thought of there. Well, I made a bar top for Alex once. I think it was just before we started the podcast. So he could actually play a lot of games. He didn't have a jammer machine or, or a main machine to play. So he had a normal PC. So mm. I made him a Nintendo-styled bar top. And it had uh, an LCD, a 19-inch 4.3 LCD. And I learned a lot while doing that. And a lot of things mm. I've just spoke about, you know, doing it out of cardboard, making sure things fixed. It was quite a tight fit inside because it was a proper PC motherboard. And then it wasn't one of those little micro tiny ones you can get nowadays. It's about four yeah. inch square. It was a normal size sort of eight by ten inch one. Mm-hmm. I had to get a power supply rammed in there and a USB and all this sort of stuff. So it was quite hard getting it all in. But nowadays things have got so much tinier with technology. You can ram stuff in a small enclosure like the guy did with the, the, the Pi, the Star Force mm-hmm. Pi. He fit it in an old Star Force VFD game. So, yeah, so it's a lot of consideration, and the next time we talk about it, we'll be getting on to other parts of it. Excellent. Shall we go on to a musical interlude? Let's have a musical interlude. <laughs> this one is going around in my head at the minute because I've played it recently. It's the Space Harrier <laughs> main theme tune. I love this song. I like it as well. I like it mm-hmm. a lot. Let's bang it on, shall we? Yes.
So, let's get on to the featured game review. This was a Mr. Holly one. Yes. Take it away, Mr. Holly. This game is called Gunbird by Sikio. 1994. It's a vertical shooter up with two buttons, fire and charge shot on the same button and bomb. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Let me just interrupt you there. Cool. We on. talked about this before off-air, didn't we? Mm. This game, in the main history, says it's got three buttons. And the third button is an auto-fire button. I thought, oh, I didn't know that. I only tried to press button three. So I tried button three. Nothing happened. So I thought, mm. oh, it must be a mistake. And in Gunbird 2, you've got three buttons as well, which is the third button is the charge shot. So I thought, that's not normally wrong. So I looked on... I went into the service mode on main which you can do on the PCB as well. And there is a button check, so you can check if your joysticks are working properly or the switches are working the buttons. And it is a third button. And when you press it, it comes up with on and off and you press it. So it's a bit weird they didn't use it, but it's actually in the service menu. Mm. Mm. And you have lent me the PCB, and it's definitely not a th- an auto-fire button, button no. three. And also we've seen the, uh, the flyers, and it's only talking about two buttons. Hmm. Mm, strange, strange. Go on, sir. A feature they never put in, I would think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, by 1994, most of the general public, the fools, had moved on from traditional shooter ups had gone to all the fighters and stuff. But mm. there were still plenty being released in 1994. Mm. Most notably, the ones I've found, Aero Fighters 2, yeah. which was Sonic Wings, Sonic Wings 2 in Japan from Video System, Darius Gaiden from Taito, Fabu- Fantastic Journey, which is a parodious sequel from Konami. Awesome. Kingdom Grand Prix from Rising and Eighting. Nebulous Ray from Namco, Raiden DX from Cebu Kiatsu, and Space Invaders DX from Taito. Yeah, awesome games. So still a few out there. Mm-hmm. So it was dying off, but it came back with a with a flourish when Bullet Hell came out. But there you go. Right, the gameplay is standard vertical shooter up with a crazy manga-style steampunk graphics mm. and a, a, a mental story about collecting four pieces of a magic mirror and then using it to make a wish to defeat a bad guy that looks like a gremlin from the 1980s film. Yeah. And the, you, you're battling these space pirates, this trio of space pirates called the Trump. Oh, controversial. Yeah. Not, not that US presidential candidate. Maniac. But these are the three that might make more sense. Mm, yeah. you, you can pick from five characters, each slight, with slightly different speeds, bullets, and bombs. My favourite is Yuan, Yuan Nang. Yuan Nang. Yuan Nang. Mine is Tetsu on his wheelie flying thing. Mm, he's great, him. I like his copter. It's awesome. <laughs> Marion is a witch. Valnus is a steampunk robot who has a melee attack, a charge attack. His fists come out from his robot body. Ooh. But you've got to get reek claws to Ooh, hit him. Ooh, fisty thing. <laughs> Ash, who is a 1930s rocketeer kind of a guy. Tetsu, as you said. Is it Tetsu or Tets? Tetsu. 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 I don't know. He's an old guy with a tremendous beard, much like mine. Yes. I'm growing my beard. Can you tell it's a bit longer? It looks just like Tetsu in your wheelie, you. wheelie copter. Have you got a wheelie copter parked outside? No, I've got a, a cube. I've got a cube mountain bike, which is kind of put some hand glider thing on it and jump off my roof. I might be fine. Has he got square wheels if it's a cube? No, that's the name of the bike. I'd love to see you clunking to work on a square wheeled bike. That'd be awesome. Have you been playing Minecraft with that bike, sir? Yeah. Yes. And Yuan Nang, uh, which is inspired by, they reckon, the Journey to the West famous Chinese story, which yeah. the, the guy also appears in Sun Sun. Sun. 
Yes. Is that guy. Like but this that. is a girl. And she has a melee attack as well, which is like a spinning baton thing. Are they, are they to do with her uh, large chest? Which a lot know. of these characters have in these old games. Large bouncy chest, aren't she? Very large bouncy chest. Mm. Mm. Yes. Right, so you've got to destroy various baddies to release peas, which are power-ups. And you, and you can power up your bullets a maximum of three times. you got something to say about power-ups, Vic? Oh. All Sikio games have the same power-ups. When you shoot them, these peas, like little sort of, what are they called? They've got a sort of missile with a pea on it, and it they float mm. around the screen for you to collect. Mm-hmm. And they float away from you all the time, so it's difficult to collect them. Mm. Can I rant again later on about them? Yeah. Okay, yeah. carry on. They seem to float in the top half of the screen for they some... They don't come anywhere near you. They want you not to have reason. them. <laughs> well, even if you've got your bullets powered up a maximum of three times, after about a minute or so, you lose one power level. So you have to keep collecting these peas. Yeah, there's lots of them, though, isn't there? Mm, yeah, there's lots of them. And any ones that you do collect, when at max power, will give you 2,000 points, mm-hmm. which is a lot of points in this game, really. It's not, not that high scoring. No, it's not. Other baddies release bees, which are your bombs. And most enemies are sort of this steampunk kind of style, which I quite like. Metallic tanks, mechs. Bombs with, you know, kind of, yeah, good, nice looking thing. Only the bullets kill you. Colliding with enemies will power you down but not kill you. If you're already at minimum shot power, when colliding with something, you lose a bomb. And the bomb sort of shoots out from your body, but you can collect it again. Yeah. Die and you go back to minimum power and two bombs. Power-ups are in plentiful supply, so keep collecting them. Ground targets, which are mostly buildings, can be destroyed to uncover coins, which are worth 200 points. Mm -hmm. There are seven levels. The first four levels are picked randomly from a set of five. If you loot the game, you start back at the beginning on the one level you didn't see first time through. Obviously much tougher. Castle, Castle level with castle courtyards. Boss is a huge round turret mech. You shoot him. And he explodes, and a legless knight with a lance and a shield appears from under him. Is legless. He's singing, I love you. Where's my next beer? The next one, brown kind of subterranean factory level. Boss is a tank powered by the Trump. Destroy <laughs> the shell, and a crap transformer appears. Yeah, he's crap, that transformer. Rubbish. Next one is, a, well, these are in any order, obviously. An, an old village next to a train track. Defeat all gun turrets and robots on the train, and then a fighter robot on the tracks with extending arms. Next one, as is a lot of these games, is a sea level. Flying over boatyards, baddies are boats. Boss is a big boat. Steampunk robot bird flies out of the knackered boat. <laughs> yeah, shoot him. A forest. Chunks of which slide away to the left and right to reveal robots beneath cheeky forest. I hate it when you're doing that. Oh, yeah. Me and wife walking through the woods, uh, Forest of Boland the other week. A, a section of it, a huge section, slid to one side. Massive transformer. Did, did wife have her bombs on her at the time? Yeah, and I shot him to death. Mm. A flying robot with rotor blades and feet. This is the only boss that is a one-part boss. You kill him and you do the level. Oh, right. All the other ones have got two-part or even more bosses. Yeah, annoying. So that's the first five levels. Yeah. After that, you've got to set three more more levels to do. Okay. So the next one was Atlas Sanctuary. After collecting the four mirror parts, and you get different... The different characters have different things to say when you've collected the mirrors. They all want different Mm. things from the mirror. 
the stone buildings, the boss is three flying tanks, and then there's a big Mayan stone head which keeps spitting up and changing form and bullets. He's a right twerp. <laughs> then after that, you get to the stone temple. It's getting tough now. You get it get to a circular area, and it's like a boss rush. There's this like lightning that happens, and these bosses keep spawning from the middle of this stone, yep, maybe summoning yep. thing. There's skulls, there's robots, and there's finally a dragon that shoots so fast. You just have to know where his bullets are going. That's all I can say. Even faster than normal, which is hard enough. Mm. The the last one is Underground Sanctuary. It's brown with statues. <laughs> Fight a red bot powered by the Trump who wave a flag of submission after you destroy them. Throw your mirror in, onto a rotating block. Shoot that. Destroy the end boss who's a big gremlin from the 80s movie. Then you are granted a wish that enables you to pick one of, of two game endings, all different depending on character used. You then start again on the one level of the first flight five you didn't play. Mm. Gameplay, I think, is fluent and smooth. This is not a bullet hell, as you don't have a small hitbox, and the bullets are a lot faster than bullet hells. Uh, bullet purgatory instead? <laughs> yeah. This game needs slowdown to allow you to survive the fast bullets on the boss sections. Also, a small visible hitbox would be miles better. If they made it slightly more bullet hellish, mm. I think it would have been a better game. Do you know there's a setting I've found in the new MAME? The yeah. new version of MAME. It may have been there forever, but I've just found it. And you can change the emulation speed. Okay. And I put it to 50%. And everything is 50%, including the sound. Oh, right. So you can learn these boss attacks. Oh, you cheating get. But I didn't. I've only found that yesterday. So You've just admitted cheating. I didn't do that. Your, skull, your scores are null and void, sir. The next time I get onto a shoot or anything like that, I am going to use that. Hmm. It's the modern age. You can use modern technology. No, you cannot. Yes, you can. <laughs> Some of the boss battles are easier than others, depending on which order the levels appear. The four-part train battle, for example, you can play it on level one, yeah. on your first level, but if it, if it appears as the fourth level, say, yeah. it's a lot tougher. There's more bullets. There's faster bullets. That's just... Mm -hmm. They sort of get more difficult. Uh, right. Play tips and secrets. Medium-sized enemies take a lot of shots. Too many, I think. Yeah. So try to hit them with a much more powerful charge shot or a melee shot. Melee, obviously, you've got to get right close. You've got to know when he's going to shoot. So what happens with the melee shots? I've not done one of those. I didn't realise you could do that. Is that with certain characters? Yeah, it's Valnus and... Two fists come out and he like punches, okay. and it's a lot more powerful than your shots. And the the Chinese girl, she's spinning a bat on a gnat. That actually blocks shots as well. That one. Okay. It, yeah, I've noticed that when you do that. But mm -hmm. I think on this game, the charge shot takes far too long to materialise. You've got to hold it down, and when you're holding the button down, you're not shooting, so I think you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I think the charge shot on this doesn't quite work. No, it's too long. It takes too long to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too happy with that. Mm. Deploying bombs will not always save your life like in some games. You don't get that you don't get that grace period like you do in some games. So you can still get hit while bombing. Yeah, it should do. You so, really need that to happen. It's it's like get you out of the shiz button, isn't it? You press yeah. that when you, you you know it's like the loop on nineteen forty two. When you're in real trouble and you've got a load of bullets coming towards you in a corner and you can't get out of it, you press that button, get out of jail free card. So you have to use this kind of like an attack. Yeah, it's good for wasting a, a a baddie at the end. If you think the bullets are too fast for you, you just hit him with a few bombs. It usually gets rid of them quite quick. Mm. Mm. I, I use it 
at certain points when there's a two-part baddie i use a bomb to destroy the first part of the baddie yeah because i think that's the harder part on a lot of it and then i just use bullets on the second part mm, good idea like a lot of Sikio games, the enemy bullet speed gets extremely fast, so learn those attacks and be prepared, soldier. It's too damn fast for me. It gets me every time, and they fire very close to you sometimes. That really bothers me. Mm-hmm. You know, they fire a real quick shot. It's okay if it's halfway up the screen and you've got a bit of time to get out of the way of it, but they, they, they come like really close to you and just spit out a bullet and you've had it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like learning. And learning those bullets at that speed, my little tiny brain can't do it. <laughs> no chance. Graphics and sound, what do you think of these, Vic? I really like the graphics and sound. I think the game looks lovely, because it's quite a late mm. game, 94. But number two, the sequel, I think looks a little bit better and plays better. Mm. But yeah, I do like it. Real cutesy graphics. I like the little silly intros and, and the little bits in between. And that crazy woman from the Trump, she needs to get a better top. That top's falling off. Yeah. It's yeah. not good. They've got kind of them, th- them three Trump guys... Remind me of the... Can you remember the Pokemon cartoon? That had yeah, team... my kids like that. So it was it Team Rocket. They were all yeah. really annoying. It reminds me of them. Yeah, definitely. It reminds me mm. of those. Yeah, so I, I think the same, yeah. Quirky, varied graphics. And the, the whole thing's got like a Japanese manga-style feel, feel to it, thanks yeah, to the I've got no problems with the graphics and the sound. I think they're quite good, actually. Mm. I, love, I like all Sikio games, graphics-wise. Mm. Let's do the scores, then. Oh, I like this bit. I'm really happy with this bit. I'm not too worried about this one. I'm pretty ambivalent to it, really. So we've got the very bottom of the thing. Thanks for playing, everyone. Giggity. Giggity. 64,500. Then we've got John Key. 104,200. Mick Berry. 105. Oh, sorry. 105, 200. Sorry, John (sighs) Key. Don't take a thousand off him. Oh, God. Mick Berry, 107,400. Neil, 1637, 108,200. Very similar score so far. Mark Happy Dude, getting a bit better, 149,200. Me, 198,200. I couldn't beat that. Mm. Then we've got Mad Steve, 204,300. Stacey King, 206,200. Tin, 207,000 dead. Tronance, 219,400. Lucid Sprite Mayor, 234,100. Ian Cullen, getting a bit better now, 250,800. Ross, 264,900. Well done, Ross. Paul McCaskey, 279,900. And the only one who could be bothered to play it long enough was May. you. Give you one of them. Go on. 497,900. You wiped the floor with everyone, mate. Yeah, this, we're very rarely now because the listeners are I know, are so they're good. so good. We I get think... to say, in your faces, listeners, in your face. Come and have a go. Woohoo! Uh, I better not. Yeah. I'm going to regret that now. Yeah, you're going to get beaten we're to death next we're time. We're going to get slaughtered on the next game. Yeah, so 497,900. I got to level six. Yeah, no Charlie Farr in there. He was too busy getting 85 billion on Galaxian, wasn't he? Yeah, he did say he'd have to take his Galaxian board back out of his candy cab and yeah, put my name back in. So he obviously hasn't done it, because if he did do it, he'd have 600,000. <laughs> yeah, you're the only person who got the extra life at 400,000 as well. Uh, yeah, and well it comes you. in. When you get to the fifth boss... Oh dear, no, we didn't do that. None of us did that, I don't think. I I just uh, spam him with bombs because it's getting so quick. Yeah. And if you haven't got enough bombs or enough lives, you're dead. So I was making sure I got to the fifth boss with around 400,000 because I knew I could beat the first part of the fifth boss, giving me 400,000 and the extra life and two more bombs. Yeah. So that's kind of how I did it. Wow. So the cabinet art for this game, it wasn't really. It was later on in, in the arcade's life and it was kit only. And mm-hmm. I think they usually go on candy cabs. 
And all we've got here is a flyer, which tells you what the joystick and the two buttons do. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, we're going to have a bit of trivia, a bit of triv. Right, this is funny. Go on, it Trev. Was, it, Tell us about the triv. Trev's triv. I could do like a funny Trevor voice and we could have like Trev's triv. Trev's triv. We need to think this through. Gunbird was released on the PS1 as Mobile Light Force, right? Yeah. So that, so the initials are MLF. And the character oh of Valnus was renamed MLF 2000, but they put an I in as well for some reason. Oh, so his name. They didn't want to do that. His name is MILF 2000. That has other connotations, which it we does. won't get into on this podcast. That's insane. The first Gunbird game was adapted into a 125-page Japanese-only graphic novel by Gamist Comics in 95. Oh, that's quite good. The art style's lovely on that. Mm. Right, this is the thing I talked about earlier, button, button three. It's supposed to be on Wi-Fi. We don't seem to work. No. Yeah, so, hmm. And weird. this is... Like cave games, if you add a, add another credit and game's over, you keep your score, but it adds a one to the last digit, so you can yes. tell how many times you've continued. Now, this is before cave games. Oh, okay. So did cave copy Sikio? I think the Capcom games do it as well on Street Fighters. If you continue on that, it puts uh, a one right. on the end of your score. Uh, so it's not an original thing to I this game? I don't think it is, no. Oh, okay. You can loop the game in tw- 12 minutes, because I've seen the YouTube first loop is 12 minutes. I cannot loop the game in 12 minutes no and this is interesting morrigan from the dark stalkers series appears as a playable character in the dreamcast port of gunbird 2 that's a bit weird because that's a that's a cross platform thingy that that's um that's capcom isn't it yeah oh, i Very like when weird. they do stuff like that hmm. also i found out i watched some videos on this and you need two loops to finally end the game which is hard hmm. work the first time you do it you get I think you get a little ending thing, and then you go back and do the game again, and you carry on. And then when you do that, that's when you finish the game, and it says the end. So there is a finite amount of scoring you can get out of it. Mm. Uh, that's one thing I was going to mention. You, there's no scoring possibilities to score more. After the first level, you've got roughly 80,000, and then you could get 160,000 on the second level. And I think by the time you get to the third level, you're on like 400,000, but there's no opportunity to score more. So I think if they had like bonuses for getting all the bad guys, you know, like a bonus for killing all the bad guys in, in one wave or, yeah. or okay. some kind of hidden stuff. So it, it gets not boring, but you know you're going to have a certain score by the time you get to the end of certain levels. So mm. I think they could have done something with that to make your playability a bit more better you know so you could just be trying to improve your score mm. Mm, anyway yeah i was reading some the wiki on this and it does say that tetsu is homosexual in a rather uncloseted manner is he i didn't see any evidence of this apparently there's some cut scenes if, if you play two players i think you get different cut scenes oh okay and i i haven't seen it either after yeah. i've looked through oh well there is also a PCB on eBay incorrectly advertised as Gunbird 2 from the Czech Republic for £210 or nearest offer. Blimey, Charlie. Also found one in the US with better price, £120, which is, I thought, I thought the, the PCB was worth about 80 to 90 quid. So mm, when you're wow. finished with it, I will sell it because I have no use for it. If someone wants to buy it for 100 and something quid or whatever, yeah, I'll get rid of it. 
Mm. Okay, the ports, the sequels, it was released on Saturn. PS1 is Mobile Light Force, as we've mentioned. Yep. PS2 had a Gunbird Special Edition featuring Gunbird 1 and 2, and Gunbird 2 was released in arcades in 98. Yes. The sequel in the arcade, Gunbird 2, button 3 is your charge attack, and it takes a short time to rejuvenate, a lot better way of implementing in this attack rather than holding the thing down. I prefer this game to the first. I had a quick go of it, and I thought it just felt a lot better. Looks nice yeah. as well. Mm. So overall thoughts and improvements. We've mentioned this. The charge shots are too slow, and the scoring is very fixed. Mm-hmm. Game could do with bonuses and score multipliers, etc. Character movements may be too slow for some, I'm thinking. Yeah. Maybe have a speed-up power-up as well as the bomb and the uh, bullets. Yeah. And... <laughs> Go on, have your rant. Power-ups spend too much time bouncing around the top of the screen. Mm. Well, before that, isn't the first guy you choose, I can't remember, it's Ash, is it? Isn't he quite quick to control? I've only been being quite quite nippy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you think it's a decent shooter. Nothing special, but good fun, sense of humour. Yeah, I sort of agree there, if you like that sort of thing, if you're really into shooters. Mm. I am, and I'm not. The game is irritating to me. It seems just like a boss, a boss rush game, which I do not like. Not enough of the level shooting beforehand and dodging before you get to the multiple part bosses, which really annoy me. The only boss allowed to do that is Dr. Nick, Dr. Robot Nick from Sonic. He's the only one allowed to split up from his, his things and get away. The bullets are way too fast and the enemies throw them from very close to you. I was playing on a 29-inch monitor and I was still getting killed very quickly. I would think this game would be impossible on a 19-inch or smaller monitor because you've got so much to look at and it's just difficult. Mm. On the levels, you can see the baddie team running around on the floor. Why can't you just smash them to a pop with missiles on the ground? Mm. You see them running around. Why can't you kill them when they're running? Save them getting into their big death-killing machine. Just kill them, take them out on the floor. Air to Mm. to ground missiles, for goodness sake. It's quite a good touch, though, isn't it? You destroy some and they run off and get into something else. It's like, I've just killed you. You, you should be in a flaming mass of death right now. And you just run <laughs> off to another one, you idiots. Yeah. I now realise I dislike... No. I hate the way all Sikio games dish out the power-ups. They are so annoying, flapping around away from you. Why can't they just stay in one place so you can vacuum them up easier? Mm. How many lives did I lose trying to pick the damn things up? Oh, power-ups, power deaths more like. See, I've, I've played it so much that I knew when I could go to the top of the screen and pick the power-ups up without getting hit. But it's really annoying that they just float around. You sort of go towards them, they float away from you. You know, hmm. either keep them still, so they scroll off the bottom of the screen if you miss them, or have them sort of attract you, like like in the, the, the Death Smiles games, where all the coins attract to you. Because hmm. you're going to pick it up, but it, it makes it more and more difficult trying to dodge these flipping bullets. And to get your power-ups to keep going, you get killed doing that. <laughs> oh, God, it's so annoying. It's a science. Power, the power-up collection is a shoot-em-up science. You can dress up any way you like. It's crap. We should write a paper on it. You can write a paper on it. I'll just oh, rip okay. that paper up and wipe my bottom with it. <laughs> I thought I hated all the Sikio games for their annoying power-ups, but last night when I was doing a little bit of research, i.e. playing some games, I found a game called Space Bomber. And mm. this is my little gift to our listeners. Go play Space Bomber by Sikio. Never heard of it. It's really good. Mm. I can sort of describe it as Space Invaders Bullet Hell. Ooh, that does sound it's, good. It's good fun, yeah. Have a look at I'm that. I'm going to have a look. So all in all from me, not going to play it again. 
Too annoying, really. Too annoying deaths in it. Cheap. I think, yeah, I know what you mean. Good solid shooter. Learn the attack patterns. Uh, nice quirky graphics. It's quite memorable. Yeah, I agree actually. with all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite quite memorable graphics, especially the knight, the legless knight. He looked that's, just weird with his no legs and his big lance. That's the thing I remembered. Because when you sent me the PCB, I said, oh, I've never played this before. And then I saw the legless knight and thought, yeah, I have. I remember him. He had a can of Stella with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the game, it's, it's just a bit cheap, I think. Don't like the power-up business on any of those games, which ruins the games because some of their games are good. Mm. And it's just a bit annoying for me. And I think this game, I think it was only playtested in Japan on those gamers who are like awesome at shoot 'em ups, like mm. Charlie Farr and you and Tronads and people like that. And it wasn't tested on the idiot gamer like me who just likes to blast around like 1942 for a bit. And I think it's just too hard. And to test out the difficulty levels, you know, we were playing it on sort of normal difficulty. Yeah. I popped it on hardest. And my top score was 198,000 on the easy level, or the more moderate level. And I think I've got 126,000 on the rock-hard level. So there's not that much difference between the levels. They're so difficult. Right, yes, very, very slight difference, I suppose. There's yeah. hardly any. But I think you go from easy to normal, which we were playing, and you got difficult and then hardest. And it wasn't that much more difficult to me. I thought it was just still difficult anyway. So, yeah, mm-hmm. not a lot of difference in, in, the old, uh, in the difficulty settings, I don't think. So, a negative from you and a positive from me, really. Not a terrible negative, but I'm not going to yeah. play it again. It was all right. It wasn't, it wasn't Peter Packrat. Which is a bonus. Yeah, on a scale of, of zero to Peter Packrat, it was about three. <laughs> oh, well. Right, should we do some pretty The Art of Cider Art? Yes, I've chosen this one, but I it's think- lovely. It's lovely, it lovely. is. Oh, look at it, lovely. Ooh. Highlighted from Alex... Alex, no, I say highlighted, I say stolen from Alex's Ninty Arcade page. Stolen, yeah, we stole that. Acrobat by Taito. Acrobat. It's part. It was part of the... T- t- what do they call it? Titronics. Titronics series. So it's an old one. 1979. A gorgeous machine. It's lovely, isn't it? Mm. It's got such an awesome... It's very similar shaped machine from all these Titronic ones. It's got very flat tops, very like the, the Space Invaders, mm. the original Taito Space Invaders. And the front bezel on it is like a quite, quite, it almost looks like a pinball backdrop, doesn't it? Yeah. It's got yeah, so it much colour on it. It's got Acrobat and it's got Taito Titronics, the little logo, and it's got Acrobat TV. And it's got some really awesome clowns, not the scary, horrible ones that I don't like. Some nice-looking mm. crown, clowns with stars and stripes on there. It's a lovely-looking thing. And it's a black-and-white game with overlays, which I like as well. And it's basically a little a little sort of flapper around. And I think I think it's another game. Another version is called Circus, is it? It's a very similar game on different formats. So it's, I don't know if this is original or not. But you've got a little seesaw, and you fire your guy up with one stands on it. One flies up and bursts the balloons and flaps around the place and bounces around. And when he lands on the tram- trampoline, you knock the other guy up in the air. So it's like a bat and ball game with balloons, but it's a really good fun game. And it's got a nice spinner in the middle, a little sort of dial, and it's got little pitch to clowns. It's got art on the front of it as well, all over the place. It's art everywhere. It's lovely. I'd love to see this in the flesh, this game, and have a go of it, because it's a good little game as well. And we've put the mm. side art and some flyers on there as well, so we're going to have a look at this on the show notes. We'll put a picture on there as well. Absolutely lovely machine. It's so colourful, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think it's licensed from Exidy. I think Taito licensed it from Exidy, and it was Circus on there. Yes. When yeah, they did it yeah. originally. I think, I think I said Circus. Yeah, yeah, it was, definitely. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, excellent looking game. Lovely. Hmm. So, this is your Hardware Heroes. Yes, and because we've played Gunberg, Gunberg, Gunbergers. Gunbergers. Gunbergdo. Yeah, because we played Gunbird, I thought I'd look at the Sikio first-generation hardware. Stop. Is there, is there stupid power-ups in these games? Yes. No. No, not having it. Where's the sheep? <laughs> yeah, definitely give it a sheep. Go on, then tell me about their system hardware. It was used from 93 to 96. It had a Motorola 68000 at 16 megahertz as the main CPU. The sound was a Zilog 780 at 4 megahertz and a Yamaha other sound chip at 33 megahertz. That's perhaps why the sounds are good. Yeah. The resolution is only 320 by 224, which is about right for the time, but they get so much detail. That's perfect resolution. I love using, resolution. Using the colours, they get just so much detail in the graphics. Lovely. And there's only five games produced on this hardware and i think four out of the five are damn good no <laughs> you know why power up. stupid power up flappy around floaty idiot power ups the three vertical shooters gunbird strikers 1945 and samurai aces called sengoku ace in japan yeah are all very similar they all use the power the same power up graphics <laughs> They all use similar level layouts, and they all use the power down when you get hit instead of die. Okay. But I like them all. I like the graphics. I like the sound. The Samurai Ace 2, which was called Sengoku Ace Episode 2 Tengai or Sengoku Blade, whatever territory you're in, I suppose. That was a horizontal shoot-em-up. Oh, okay. Using very similar graphics, and that's really good looking as well. I bet it is. The weird one is Battle K-Road, which is a beat-em-up. Is that not Battle Crowed? Battle, yeah, it's strange. It's, it's a not, beat-em-up? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know if beat-em-up fans would like it. It looks hmm. it looks like a shoot-em-up con- company trying to do a beat-em-up. That's what it looks like. No, shouldn't do that. Yeah, so the four shoot-em-ups have similar game mechanics, and they share the power-up graphics. Mm, cool. All the boards have sound or some kind of speech as you boot it up, the second you boot it up, which is you, quite quite useful. Do you know what that does? What? When, you, when you've got your head in a cabinet and you just bought the brand new PCB you found to fit in there and some swine who bought it before you had it turned up to maximum volume and you get your head in the cab, <laughs> it scares the bejesus out of you. Because yeah. Mr. Even, Driller does that. Mr. Driller shouts at you in, in Japanese when you put it on. Yeah, this gumbird does. It goes, or something. I think yeah. Tekken says, Good morning! When you turn it on, like it's eight o'clock at night, you idiot. What are you on about? I suppose if you're in an arcade and you're opening up in the morning, turn on machines on. Good morning, It'd be quite yeah. nice. And I like the Sikio font using these games. Do you like the Sikio font? I do like the Sikio font. Their art style is very nice. I like their art style a lot. I just don't like their mm-hmm. stupid, bouncy, rubbish box power ups. Bouncy, bouncy power ups. This hardware bouncy, bouncy was power ups. <laughs> This hardware was succeeded by the Sikio SH2 hardware in 97. So only five games done, all quality apart from the beat-em-up, in my opinion. Yeah, good hardware. And now the time has come to talk about what we're going to do for next show's game. And it is my pick. Feel my power! And I don't know what you've picked. Right. I've got two things in front of me. 
Mm. I'm not sure what to pick, but one of them has been done recently on, on one of our friendly podcasts, other podcast people. Was after so I think I'm going to say Pac-Mania. Ooh, Pac-Mania. Yes. Standard settings on main, Pac-Mania. Mr. Ian Ski, I want you to play with us. You've got an actual machine. I want a high score from you, young man. Yeah. Like, we're talking to you. Yeah, Pac-Mania, mm. 3D Pac-Man with a jump button. Awesome. Right, I have never. Well, I have played it for about five minutes, so I'm going to get right into this. It's a nice game, really nice. You're going game. to thrash me because it's a maze game, aren't you? It's a scrolling maze game, so maybe not. Ooh. It's, it's Ooh. a good fun game. That is a nice game because you don't have to be that good at Pac-Man knowing patterns and stuff because you can jump. Mm. But later on, some of the ghosts jump as well. Mm. It's definitely four-way, so I can use my four-way stick, can't I? Absolutely. Four-way awesome. stick, one button. So. Listeners, get on to play Pac-Mania. Tell us what you like about it. Tell us what you don't like about it. Send your scores in. And we will talk to you in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Thanks for listening, listeners. Thanks for all the feedback and the participation in the high scores. Thank you very much. Send us some biscuits. Bye. (laughs) You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at tenpencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups, and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>